episode 16. Good morning, everybody. I want to talk to you all briefly about purchasing your first home. So for those of you that don't know, and I've done some podcast episodes and wrote, written some articles about this, but um, I've, I've bought two homes in my life, um, the first of which I believe I was 21, the second of which I just bought about a year and a half ago. Um, and I'm 29 now. So um, I have a bit of experience with this. I also just kind of really like real estate. I'm always kind of looking at what's on the market and talking with people my age who are buying their first home because I'm kind of in that age bracket. I think I've had, I know for sure one of my buddies just closed on a on a house here recently and several of them have aspirations to buy a house soon. So I like to help them out with kind of the thought process of how to go about buying your first house, um, what to look for, what not to do, what to do, that sort of thing. So um, I just wanted to kind of get this out here and give you a few tips on if you're looking to buy your first house, um, here's what to do and what not to do. So first and foremost is do not overextend yourself when um, buying your first house. Don't buy a house that's too expensive, okay? Um, It's very, very important. And you might be able to think even, well, you know, my rent is $1,500 a month, so I can afford a $1,500 a month house. And that might be true. Um, It also might not be um, because owning a home is a whole lot more involved, I promise you, (laughs) than renting. Um, To give you, for instance, my, uh, I needed some electrical work done in my garage this past week. That cost money. Um, We had almost uh, an emergency um, with the main water line from my house to the street. Um, The water company ended up covering it, but that was after they told us we were going to have to cover it. That was a $5,000 bill. We had to get our fireplace worked on this year. That was money. Um, I had to have a plumber come out, right? So this is all within a year and a half. So if you think that uh, renting is equivalent to owning um, and that it, it's that owning is cheaper, I should say, um, you're wrong. <laughs> so you might get lucky for a few years, but there's going to be a major repair or a bigger repair um, that you'll need to do. And I'm pretty handy. Um, I, I, I do a lot of the work here at the house, um, and there are just some things that I have to call for help on. So just know that uh, homeownership does come with extra things. Um, there are going to be extra repairs that you have to do, extra money that you're going to have to put into your home um, that you wouldn't if you were renting. One thing that I like to do is keep my mortgage payment, which includes insurance and taxes. That's another thing. Make sure when you are looking at a mortgage calculator that you are including the insurance and the tax because I've made the mistake early on of looking at a house and just calculating the actual mortgage of that house Um, and thinking, oh man, this is going to be cheap. But then when you calculate the insurance and especially the taxes, it may not be so cheap. So just to give you, for instance, there are homes in our area where the taxes are three to $5,000 a year. You know, that might be 250 to whatever that is, 250 to 350 a month in taxes. So you want to make sure that you're crossing all those bridges and looking at those things before you go down the road of putting in an offer and all of that. Um, One resource that I really like to use for the mortgage calculator is actually Realtor.com. So when you're looking at homes on Realtor, um, they have a little mortgage calculator um, in the whatever the, the, as one of the options in the description of the property when you click on it, and it automatically puts in the insurance and the, uh, the taxes for you. 
Um, and you can also manipulate the numbers on how much your down payment is going to be, and it gives you a pretty accurate number. So um, I would recommend that, but that's one thing to look at. And now I just don't remember what I was talking about completely. Um, oh, yeah, so just cost, cost of ownership. There are going to be things that pop up. Um, number two thing to think about is before you start looking, um, figure out what you generally want. And what I mean by that is, do you want to live in the city? Do you want to live in the country? Do you want to live in the suburbs, right? Um, how many bedrooms generally do you need? Uh, are you willing to buy a fixer-upper? Is that a non-negotiable? Um, are you, do you need a newer house that doesn't need any work done? Are you busy? Are you going to have the time? Do you have the money to, to fix up a house when you buy it? All of those things are going to be things you need to at least generally flesh out before uh, you start really looking. You know, looking online, you'd look online all day, and I'd highly encourage that, actually. Look at what houses are, familiarize yourself with the market, look at the neighborhoods you want to go into. This is just going to familiarize yourself with what to expect when you actually go look and what a fair price is going to be for a home, right? That's an advantage that I had is because I was looking at houses already just casually for a long time. So when I went out to go look and when I went to sell our previous house, I knew what the market would tolerate. Um, so I would highly encourage that. But just make sure you have at least a little bit of a game plan because it can be overwhelming. So if you don't know if you want to fix her upper or a house that's ready to go or a house with 2,000 square feet or if you're okay with two bedrooms, you're going to spend a lot of time looking at properties and it's going to be a waste of time. And if the market is hot, you're going to miss out on a lot of properties because you're going to find yourself having to wait and think about it after you went to go look at a showing. And I can tell you, there's a lot of times when we would go look at a showing and we'd wait to think about it for a day and the house would be gone. It would already have offers on it, right? So sometimes you have to move fast and moving fast, or excuse me, knowing what you want will allow you to move fast, okay? Um, so figure out what you want. Um, make sure it's not an unreasonable amount of money for your budget. What I recommend is 25% of your take-home pay um, for it to be no more than that. Right, and that might sound very Dave Ramsey esque, and it is a little bit. Um, he would say fifty, or he would say twenty five percent, no more than twenty five percent of your take home pay on a fifteen year mortgage. Um, to be honest, I don't subscribe to the fifteen year mortgage part. I think that if you're able to get a thirty year mortgage, especially with rates nowadays that are low, that's twenty five percent or less of your take home pay. You're going to be in good shape. You're not going to be house poor. You're not going to be pouring all of your money into your home um, and it'll allow you to, you know, once you get out of debt or if you are out of debt, to be able to invest and save regularly. Okay. So what I would also recommend doing is getting quality professionals in your corner. Okay. What I mean by this is everybody and their brother seems to be a realtor these days. Um, I would not recommend just going with somebody because you're related to them. Don't even go down that road with them because it's hard to backtrack when you tell them that you will go with them <laughs> at one point, okay? So you want to find a quality realtor that's been doing it for a while, that sells a lot of houses, that knows the market, um, that knows how to talk to sellers, that knows how to talk to buyers. This is important. This is important. So get professionals in your corner. Also, when it comes to your lender, get professionals in your corner. Don't be afraid to get um, rates from multiple lenders. So what I did the first time is I went directly to a bank. It was a local bank or a regional bank, I guess you could say. That's who I had my mortgage through the first time. Um, the second time, however, I went through a broker and I enjoyed that experience as well. Um, 
But just make sure that whoever you're going through has been doing it and they know what they're talking about. Because you want, you're going to have a lot of questions come up in this buying and selling. We're talking more about buying. So especially as a first-time home buyer, you're going to have a lot of questions that come up. So you want to be able to lean on people that know what they're actually talking about and they aren't just guessing. Okay, I don't really have a preference, um, a broker over an actual bank. I would just get, I would get with a few of the people, um, maybe in your area, right? Find a broker or ask your realtor, especially if you found a, uh, a reputable one, ask a realtor, they'll have some recommendations for you, but talk with multiple people, see what your rates would be with multiple people or institutions. That's the best way to go there. Um, trying to think what else. Oh yeah. So, and you know, I always, I guess I won't say that totally, but I, I kind of think that location matters a whole lot. You know, you can improve a house, but you can't improve its location. So if you are kind of on the fence of, well, do I live in this place that I don't really like to get more house um, or to get a newer house? Or should I live in a place that I love and have a house that maybe doesn't check all the boxes, but that I can work on? I typically recommend getting the location that you love because eventually you'll be able to change the house. Um, that's one thing that we realized very quickly. Um, we could have moved out further out of the city, been a little bit further away from things, um, maybe not in the exact neighborhood that we wanted to be or far away from you know our life, and we could have got an awesome house. Um, and we have an awesome house now, but we um, it's a little bit smaller. You know, We decided to live a little bit it's it's still the suburbs, but it's closer to the city um, than what we were originally looking at. So um, those are the main things that I can think of off the top of my head. Make sure you understand that there are maintenance costs. Get professionals in your corner. Don't overspend, right? No more than 25% of your take home. Think about what you want. Um, and this, the, I guess the last thing would be don't be afraid to pull the trigger. If all those things check the box, if the finances check the box, right, um, go for it. And, oh, and one thing I do want to mention is you're going to get pre-approved for more than you should spend. <laughs> I was shocked the first time I got pre-approved with the bank. They told me how much I could spend on a house. Um, don't spend that much. They, don't, they are not the uh, stewards of your budget and of your money. Um, so again, figure out what you're going to spend first, then get pre-approved, right? And essentially, for those of you that may not know, the pre-approval is um, essentially a letter um, that you're going to need when you put an offer in on a house. So before you go look at houses, get with a bank or a broker or whatever, get your pre-approval letter. It's very fast. Usually you can get it the same day. And then go start looking at houses because when you look at a house, when you put that offer in, um, you're going to want a pre-approval letter because it makes your offer look better. They're not going to really accept an offer. And honestly, if you have a realtor that knows what they're doing, they're not even going to probably take you out to look at houses until you have this pre-approval letter. Um, so you want to make sure that you get that taken care of, okay? Um, so don't spend as much as the bank pre-approves you for, but make sure it ma uh, makes financial sense. Make sure you know what you want. Um, don't be afraid to pull the trigger if everything makes sense because home ownership is a fantastic thing. Um, I've made, I've, I've very much enjoyed it. First of all, it's been a blessing to my family, and I've also made good money on both of my homes. Um, so it can be a great investment if you do it the right way, right? Um, make sure you're getting a good deal. Um, those sorts of things. So um, I'm not going to take too much time here. We're already coming up on uh, on 12 minutes, I think. But um, we just want to get a quick shout out here. Uh, 
I talk about Acorns every episode is because I really believe in what they do. Um, Acorns is a platform that does two things really well. It allows you to round up every transaction you have to the nearest dollar and it invests that spare change into an investment account. Also, it allows you to set reoccurring investments, right? Recurring investments. So when I started uh, over four years ago, I started doing $5 every Friday, which is an amount that I didn't even notice was gone. But eventually I saw that it was growing and it uh, had interest and my money was working for me and I had dividend payouts and it was really, really cool. And it got me really ramped up to start investing some real money. Um, So if that is of any interest to you, um, there's a link in the description. If you sign up with that link, you get $5 added to your account and you'll be supporting the podcast as well. So thank you for spending some time with me and talking about home buying. Um, if, if it is, if you are a first time home buyer and you're looking into that, um, congratulations. It's a very, very exciting place to be. As long as you do your due diligence, um, it can definitely be, definitely be a blessing and not a curse. So congratulations. And, um, yeah, we'll talk to you soon.